0: Welcome to the World in 10. Every day we bring you the major international news in just 10 minutes, as covered by the correspondents and writers from the Times of London. I'm Toby Gillis. And I'm Rosie Wright. And we're going to focus today on some big news out of Russia, the expansion of NATO, and how might religion be affecting your chances of a fair trial in court Speaking of court, Rosie, no other major stories around court today, are there?
1: Yeah, the the perils of recording a podcast. Uh, By the time that you've listened to this, it is more than likely that history's been made. The first former president of the United States, Donald Trump, will have been in front of a judge to face criminal charges. All eyes are on New York. We'll miss it for this podcast, but this time tomorrow, we'll have analysis for you so you won't miss anything. What really motivates President Putin in terms of how he spends his time, who he trusts and where he gets his intel to make decisions?
0: Yeah, we've had an extraordinary insight into it, haven't we, Rosie? The most senior person to defect from the Kremlin This is a presidential protection officer who fled, I think, via Turkey with his family
1: and has now given an interview about the persona and the priorities of the Russian president. Well, analysing that interview has been Mark Bennett's. He's The Times and The Sunday Times foreign correspondent. And he said it's just revealed how pathologically afraid the president is for his life. There
0: have been suspicions for years, but he confirmed that um, Putin has identical offices in his residences across Russia. On one occasion that he cited, Russian state television showed Putin holding a meeting at his office near Moscow he was in fact in Sochi and this again he said is to kind of confuse foreign intelligence and to prevent any attempt on his life portrayed him as being in this kind of information vacuum he doesn't use the mobile phone doesn't use the internet basically his only information comes from his kind of very closest allies Russian state television which is
1: bizarre
0: Putin sitting down watching his own propaganda
1: so what we've found out is that Putin protects himself in this cocoon of information that he's actually created for himself. And he had clear concerns about the pandemic and how the access to him is so limited. What we did know about Putin's motivations, though, was what he wanted to happen to NATO to reduce its power, stop the sort of onward march of membership his invasion meant of Ukraine, quite the opposites happened, particularly concerning those countries geographically the closest to him.
0: Yeah, one of his neighbours, an 800-mile-long border between Russia and Finland. And so it is extremely significant that today the Finns became the 31st nation to join NATO. Sweden is aiming to be close behind, if Turkey allows. But it means that NATO has got that significant extra border with Russia right at the time, as you mentioned, that Russia is trying to weaken what the alliance is doing.
1: And the, the real challenge for Finland and why they've been reticent before was what might the retaliation from Russia be? Well, Lord George Robertson is former Secretary General of NATO and he told us that Finland now won't be too concerned about retaliation. I don't think people in
0: Helsinki are going to be lying awake at night worrying about uh, Russia's attitude to their, to their decision. The idea that they're going to bolster their forces on the borders of Finland you know, is really not particularly credible. He's moved them from Estonia, Latvia and Lithuania and from the borders of Poland in order to fight to dominate and destroy Ukraine. So this is a, a seismic shift for Finland's defence policy. Uh, the country's ambassador to the United Kingdom, Yukas Jikosari, explained why. Russia's invasion of Ukraine, in the Finns' view, changed profoundly the security environment in Finland and indeed in, in, in all of Europe. We have followed a, a policy of first neutrality, and then over the last decades, military non-alignment as the core of our security policy. But now the Finns um, as, as a um, people and also the political decision makers decided that, that the moment is right to apply for the membership in NATO.
1: And as you mentioned, Toby, Sweden want to follow suit. The question is because there has to be a unanimous decision from all the other members of the alliance, either on Turkey. I've always wanted to do this. Have you done jury duty? Uh,
0: No. I'm not totally sure whether journalists are allowed to, are they? But if I'm totally honest, I'm not completely sure how unbiased I could be. I
1: don't think that's the best thing to reveal. Um, One of the really interesting things is what happens when religion is involved, which of course it is. A study has found that jurors who swear on the Bible they're then more likely to find defendants who take an affirmation, rather than swearing on the Bible, guilty.
0: We should just clear exactly what this means, shouldn't we? In British courts, if you are a defendant, you either do the religious oath, which is, I swear by almighty God to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth, but there is an alternative, a sort of non-religious version, uh, which is called an affirmation. It begins, I solemnly, sincerely and truly declare and affirm that I will tell the truth the whole truth and nothing but the proof. but there is a, a choice and it seems that potentially defendants
1: get judged
0: by that the choice that they make
1: the research author is Ryan McKay he's a professor of psychology at Royal Holloway in London he told the world intent he's got genuine concerns that religious bias is prejudicing trials
0: it's kind of a truism to say that more research needs to be done that said i would say that we're at the stage of it being worrying given that we already know people distrust Atheists, even non religious people are have, you know, intuitions about the immorality of of atheists. The fact that people are compelled by judicial procedure to signal their belief or otherwise in these legal contexts, I think, is worrying. Now, Rosie, there's been a significant development, hasn't there, in the battle between the traditional golf tours and a controversial
1: Saudi breakaway alternative... Yes, yeah, so for extensive coverage of this, the Times Sports reporter Tom Kershaw is all, all over it and the details on the website. But it really is a legal defeat. The first one for that breakaway, Live Golf. And now the players and the tours have got a bit of a choice to make.
0: Yeah, they have. Just to give some background, that the DP World Tour, that's the big tour from Europe, has been told it does have the right to suspend and fine its member players if they take the huge cash that's on offer to play in Liv's events without permission, and that's the crucial thing because they haven't given permission. They find some of them they find them a hundred thousand pounds when they initially rebelled, and now this three person arbitration panel in London has upheld their right to do that. But this is a huge civil war engulfing golf. Look, Liv won't be happy, there's no doubt. Well, as we've already mentioned, we're well aware that there's a small matter of a US president in court about what an hour and a half after we go live. So we're missing it until tomorrow. But of course, the Times foreign desk is across it. So I've come to speak with Mike Smith, the foreign editor. Mike, I imagine a busy night in store for you. Yes, you could say that. Um, will Pavia, our New York correspondent, was in the queue uh, in the early hours of the morning uh, for the court, got to position 38. Only 60 journalists are going to be let in, but the queue is already snaking around the block of hopefuls. Broadly speaking, he will then be ushered in. Uh, we'll be waiting until uh, the former president makes his appearance. But even then, there's doubt and uh, controversy over to whether he'll be fingerprinted, had a mugshot taken, and be made to do the so-called perp walk. So literally anything could happen.
1: A couple of the stories we should mention. Brad Pitt has found a way to avoid over two million dollars of tax. He's sold his mansion in the Hollywood Hills just in time
0: yeah it won't make him popular but he was a clever boy a new law came in on april the first whacking up the levy on high value property sales but he managed to push
1: his through just a day or two before um now finally you are definitely more of the expert on facial hair than me yes but in one region fashionable beards have been banned. Have I got a fashionable beard? Mm. Oh, well,
0: thank you very much. (laughs) In India, the Chowdhury community, a fashionable beard, they've banned it.
1: You can get a fine, and it is a significant one. We're talking about $620, so almost about £500. Yeah,
0: 51,000 rupees. They say it's because youths have started sporting a beard, and one cannot recognise if they're from the Chowdhury community or not. People having clean shaves, they said, is the identity of our community. I suppose it's up to them. So from this hissute presenter, and my co-presenter, who's beardless by the way... That's The World in 10. We'll see you tomorrow.